This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. The share it with a friend deal even if that friend is yourself your mcdonald's your rules live your best morning with bogo breakfast sandwiches only on the mcdonald's app now buy one bacon egg and cheese mcgriddles or sausage egg and cheese mcgriddles and get a second one free valid for item of equal or lesser value limited time only at participating mcdonald's valid one per day excludes one two three dollar menu visit mcdonald's app for details download and registration required Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Tom Coleman, who is a Cardiff City writer for Wales Online. He's on to share his thoughts on Cardiff City ahead of this match against Fulham. This is our View of the Opposition show, which is our preview for the upcoming match. I look forward to doing the show, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome Tom to the show. Tom, welcome to Cottage Talk. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks very much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Well, Tom, listen, I look forward to speaking with you about this match. It's very interesting what's going on with Cardiff City, so you can fill us in on that. But let's start here. Let's talk about what's been going on with Cardiff City. I like doing this since the last time these clubs have played. And I want to give Cardiff City a lot of credit because I really thought they were going to be 20th. So they've actually <laughs> you know, exceeded my expectations because they've been a team that has fought for Neil Warnock. They played hard. So I want to give them a lot of credit. But through your eyes, just just give me your view of Cardiff City since Fulham and Cardiff City played at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it's been 
I wouldn't obviously it's never really a success when you're in the when you're in the relegation zone but right. uh, I think a lot of Cardiff City fans and um, a lot of people around the club are, are pretty happy with the way the season's gone so far obviously it's been very very difficult since that first, since that full of game you know uh, they've, they've had a few transfer worries and that's there's also the uh, there was also the tragedy around yeah. Emiliano Stala uh, and also questions over whether Neil Warnock was going to was even going to stay on uh, beyond the season. Um, we still don't have a 100% answer on that. But um, although he has indicated that he would like to stay, so you know there's been a lot of issues to contend with. And I think um, all things considered, I think uh, I mean a lot of pundits probably didn't think that with three games to go, Cardiff City would still have. A chance of staying in the Premier League, and um, to be completely honest with you, I don't, I, I don't think even I thought that Cardiff would still be fighting at this point. So, you know, and because of that, I think you know they go into this run of the last three games um, quietly confident that they, that they can catch up with Brighton, because uh, you know, despite the result against Liverpool, a, a performance that I, I thought actually was um, pretty positive. There were quite a few uh, positives to take from it. Um, but yeah, that result aside, I think uh, I think Cardiff City do seem to be uh, increasing in confidence. Uh, the team spirit seems to be fantastic at the moment, and it seems to be from the outside looking in. Um, I, you know, I haven't watched a massive amount of Brighton this season, but in the last few weeks and the games I have watched, um, they they seem the complete opposite. Um, I mean, okay, they were unlucky not to get a point at Spurs the other night, but. That performance aside, it almost looks like they've kind of down tools, which is an ungivable thing to do at this stage of the season when you're when you're um, so close to the relegation zone. I think it's what what is it six straight games Brighton have not scored now, and you know you can't be that's 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 a terrible run of form to be in at this stage, and that really is as they say relegation form. But uh, so yeah, I think there's a I think there's a very positive feeling around the club at the moment. I mean, obviously. That could change on Saturday. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are uh, very nervous, and uh, I think many of the uh, Cardiff fans in attendance at Craven Cottage will probably be a bag of nerves. But um, you know, I think, as I said before, I think there's uh, there's a sense of quiet confidence that perhaps Cardiff can uh, can do the impossible. Well, that's interesting that you said that because I'm glad you talked about this from a, a team perspective, that they, they have this confidence. How about the supporters? Do they feel that Cardiff City can avoid relegation, get out of this, in your opinion? Um, I, I think there's a tremendous amount of belief uh, amongst the supporters. I mean, I think, to be honest, the supporters have taken more or less the same attitude that Neil Warnock's taken. I mean, Neil Warnock has said all along you know let's enjoy the ride um almost i mean he, he didn't he stopped short of saying you know we're, we're we're just here to enjoy the premier league and make up the numbers he stopped short of that because neil warnock's not that kind of guy you know he is a very competitive manager and you know he does want to do the best he can and i think um but i think the fans probably have just been enjoying the ride and uh like i said i think they're just as surprised as, as everyone um at how close cardiff has come to survive i think I think there was, um, I think a few of the pundits perhaps did go a little bit overboard. I mean, you had Chris Sutton uh, on Five Live. Uh, I don't know if your listeners are f- familiar with yeah. him, but um, <laughs> he was he was suggesting that Cardiff would go on and, and break the record lowest points tally, which I believe is 11 points. 
And uh, I think I think that rubbed Cardiff fans up the sure. wrong way, um, and understandably so, I think. But I think they've always been kind of confident that um, even if they can't stay in the league, they they can be competitive. They can go to places and um, you know get results, and they can make the Cardiff City Stadium into a very difficult place to go. And I think on the whole, it kind yes. of has been a difficult place to go. Um, it, it, it is an intimidating ground to visit. It's very in your face. Thirty thousand crowds on top of you. So. Yeah, I, I, I think that it, it's all about proving critics wrong, whether it's the fans, right. whether it's Warnock, whether it's players. You know, they all feel the same. They all love proving critics wrong, and they've done that pretty much since, since from day one. I mean, you know, getting getting promotion in the first place was, was a huge, huge surprise uh, to many outsiders, perhaps not those inside the club. I think Warnock probably quietly thought that promotion was always going to be big ambition for him because you know he, I mean we he, he loves this championship doesn't he I mean he, he loves getting yeah. teams up into the Premier League but keeping the team in the Premier League I think that's it, it seems to be the one thing that's kind of eluded him and I think you know he, he's he just relishing the challenge and the fans are too I think okay excellent and let's now focus on Neil Warnock because uh He's a very interesting character, uh, to say the least. And uh, I've watched many Cardiff City matches, especially last season when I actually was watching, I want to say, the last five or six matches to go along with uh, the run-in with uh, Fulham because I wanted to see how Cardiff City were going to do. And uh, he's uh, pretty theatrical during these matches. I, I, is, is that a fair statement to say? Tom, has, has he changed his ways or is he still pretty theatrical? Um, I, I think theatrical. If anything, it's an understatement. To be honest, <laughs> I think he's uh, you'll you'll be have to look a long way to find a, a manager who's as animated on the touchline as Neil Warnock. Right. Uh, and I mean, everyone's noticed it. I mean, there was a great anecdote with Arsene Wenger when they, when they when Warnock went to the Emirates for the first time, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, uh, the two dugouts were too far away." And uh, he said to Arsene Wenger, apparently, he's like, you're not going to be able to hear me shout at you. And Arsene Wenger turns around and he's like, don't worry, you'll, you'll, you'll find a way. You'll find a way. <laughs> you know, he does have that reputation. Oh. And, you know, I, mean, I don't think it was the fourth official in the country that yes. not had their ear, ear chewed off by him at some point over some decision or whatever. And, um, yeah, you know, he, he's, he's what you would call a kind of old school manager, um, yep. an old school English type manager probably represents a brand of football that um, is perhaps fallen out of fashion a little bit. But, um, and I think maybe that's probably why, you know, a lot of, from a style point of view, Cardiff City get a lot of criticism. There's this kind of idea that Cardiff are a a physical route one side. And I think um, in many ways, actually, I think that's probably, Fulham have probably been on the other end of the spectrum. Sure. Expected quite a lot from Fulham because of the brand of football they play. You know, they play. I mean, Warnock today said they were the best footballing side in the Championship last season. Uh, but he also said, you know, playing pretty football is one thing, but actually getting results is another. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, Warnock's, Warnock is the type of manager. I think very much in the kind of time, you know, putting results above everything. Results are the most important thing. Putting a dog's dinner of performance, but still managed to get a win. Right. You know, that to him is more important than playing tippy-tappy football with 98 possession and losing 1-0. Um, <laughs> right. It's that sort of thing. All right, Tom, as we look forward to this match on Saturday, who do you see as the key players for Cardiff City against Fulham? Um, well, I mean, I think 
I think the key players are going to be the key players who who have been for Cardiff there all, all season. Really, I think um, you know Junior Hoylet for me is 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 a player that embodies everything good about Cardiff when he's on form. Um, he's, he's that kind of old school winger, bombs up and down the line. He's not afraid to take on players. But the difference with Hoylet, which I think um, is perhaps lacking with a lot of modern wingers, especially with teams lower down the table, is that he, he tracks back and he's not afraid to put a shift in defensively either. Um, you know, and he, he's used to the Premier League. He's, he's played in the Premier League before. He knows what it's, what, what's expected, and um, you know that, that that sort of work rate is always going to be is always going to be key. Um, as I said earlier, I think uh, Nathaniel Mendes Lang, yep. he's been in terrific form in the last couple of weeks. Um, and in fact, one of the big positives to come out of that Liverpool game was, you know, it was it, it was a fascinating battle. Between him and between him and uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, and to be honest with you, he, he turned Alexander Arnold inside out like two or three or two, three, four times during that first half. And I mean, the pace. If he's when he's when he's in full flight, the pace he's got, he's he, he'll give any fullback in the Premier League problems. Um, end product, perhaps not the best, but um, you know, this is kind of seat we're talking about. So there are always going to be limitations <laughs> on certain players. Um, I think if if fits Harry Arter is going to be a, a, a big part of uh, the midfield. He's, yep. he's that sort of player who can really grab a midfield by the scruff of the neck, um, do do the dirty work. And um, I think him and Gunnarsson, if they can find their best form, I think Fulham are going to find they're going to be in for a tough tough and bruising afternoon in the middle of the park because you know those two are a very physical pair. And um, you know there could be a, could be a few tasty challenges and that going on, but um, they, they've been magnificent in recent weeks. And um, you know uh, I, I would I would say it, it, the midfield battle I think is probably going to be where this game is going to be won and lost. Because, totally agree. Um, I, yeah, but uh, and from the outside looking in, uh, uh, Fulham, I think to me the worry I would have from a Fulham point of view is it, it, it looks like quite a lightweight midfield, quite a powder puff midfield. I, I don't know, perhaps that's an unfair assertion. I, 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 what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what's interesting, and again, it matters what Scott Parker does, because uh, if he has Calm Chambers in there along with Angisa, you know, and again, he puts Seri in there. If he mixes and matches his midfield, that's what will be interesting. If You know, it, it just matters who's going to be in there. They don't mm-hmm. have, you know, and again, there is no Kevin McDonald right now. Um, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, he could play <laughs> in this match. You know, he might fancy him against Cardiff City because of the history, maybe. So, but if you're looking at the way, you know, if you base it on the way that, say, Savisa played, yes, I can totally understand. But mm-hmm. the way that Scott Parker is doing it, it is, it is a little bit unpredictable exactly how that midfield's going to look. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's well, funny I mean, because. I will tell you, uh, you know, we were just talking on the last show. A player of the season candidate is Calum Chambers, and that, and that might surprise many, even though he's a lone player. So, mm, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I would expect Parker to really kind of add a bit of steel to that midfield. I yes. mean, that was that, that was the sort of player he was during, yes. during his playing days, and in fact, actually, you know, he's a very similar player to Harry Arthur, a, a kind right. of probably probably a better version of Harry Arthur. But <laughs> I mean, he he, he was he did play that kind of role, and he played it very very well. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an area that he looked at and thought, you know, we we kind of need to tighten up here as well. You know, defensively, Fulham have looked a little bit more 
solid in recent weeks. I mean, earlier on yes. in the season, we were giving, giving goals away for fun. I mean, some of the goals we gave away were absolutely criminal. Oh, uh, in fact, you know, there was a, the, 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 there were some well-publicized struggles from uh, a certain former Swansea City man, Alfie Mawson, who, who it, it seems like he's had a, a, a difficult start to life in West London. But um, it's, uh, but defensively, Fulham look at a lot better now. Yes. Uh, I, I think perhaps you know Parker maybe has added a bit, a bit of steel to that. I don't, I, I don't know what he's, what, whether that's to do with what he's done on the training ground or what, how he set the team up. But um, you know, I. I the thing is, is I don't think anyone here is going to take this game for granted. They're really, okay. really not. I think I think everyone in Cardiff is well aware that Fulham have got quality players who can, who on the day are very, very capable of doing damage. So, okay. you know, I, I, and on top of all that, you know, I, I think Parker probably will want to uh, want to show what he can do as a manager. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not too sure whether he actually wants the job. Uh, on a full-time basis, but I think you know if if he can put a few string of a few good performances together between now and the end of the season, you know it, he's he's got to be right in the mix, surely. Absolutely, it's funny that's something we've been talking about, Tom. And uh, the indicators we're getting, you know, again, it's just by the way that he's talking. If you're reading between the lines from what he's been saying, I think he wants the job, and uh, I think these next three matches are vital. In fact, I even said after these last two victories. Has it gotten to the point where he deserves the job mm-hmm. that maybe Fulham are going to give it to him? But I think mm-hmm. it will only help his argument if he wins two out of the next three, or dare I say all three. So he has something to play for. The players have something to play for because right now they are playing for Scott Parker and they're playing for jobs. And uh, so there is something to play for because it's funny, when you're relegated, you think that it's – all in, all done. No, there's nothing to play for. But they are actually playing with some freedom. But I, I'm glad that you focused on the uh, midfield battle. I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that in just a bit because I I agree with you. I think that's where this can be one lost or it could be a draw is right there. And uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what Scott Parker does. I have a feeling he would play Chambers and Ngisa together, and then maybe Tom Kearney or Sari as kind of like a in a four two three one. It could be something like that, but I definitely want to get your thoughts when we get get to really breaking down this matchup. Before we do that, I, I want to get just a little bit more from you on Cardiff City. You know, again, watching them throughout the season, where do you see the strengths and where do you see the weaknesses? Um, I, I think the strengths, is, the strengths and the weaknesses are, are pretty simple for me. I mean, the strength is uh, Cardiff look very, very good at the back for a team that's down there. I mean, the, the incredible thing is they've got more clean sheets in this season than Arsenal and Man United. Wow. They're, they're, ninth, they're ninth in the Premier League for the number of clean sheets they've got, which is incredible for a team that's in the relegation zone. And, you know, that, that's the one-off influence that. I mean, I remember last season, I think um, he, he set his team a target of, I think it was 16 clean sheets. said, you know, if we get 16 clean sheets, we should be there or thereabouts in terms of the playoffs or getting promotion. And, you know, he was right. I think, I, I think Cardiff, you know, they broke that record with a month or two to spare and, you know, they went up automatically. So, you know, I think Warnock is the type of manager to manage, to, to, to view success and to measure success in terms of how many clean sheets he can keep. So I think defensively, they, they look quite strong. Um, that's despite losing Sol Bamba. 
Um, although, to be honest, losing Bamba's kind of been a bit of a blessing in disguise because when Bamba was fit, they were pushing Bruno Manga out to fullback, yep. and Bruno Manga has looked—he's not a fullback by in anyone's book. He, he is a, he is a centre back, and that is his best position. So you know, now we've got Bruno Manga, who I think is probably Cardiff's best defensive option, playing in his best position, and him and Morrison have come on leaps and bounds in recent weeks because of that. Um, but I think the problem Cardiff has got is is goals, I, and yeah. <laughs> it sounds simple, but you know, can't score goals, you're, you're always going to struggle. And I think um, it, it's something like it's something like six out of their last eight games they've not scored. So wow. you know, and you've got Kenneth Zahore, who you know last season was was heavily tipped for a big money move to the Premier League. Absolutely, and uh, Cardiff were probably quite lucky to keep him um he's just i don't know i don't know what's happened warnock's he's kind of been in in and out of the team really i think um around sort of christmas time he wasn't really doing enough i think to convince warnock that he was a trustworthy um trustworthy person to put in um but he just there seems to be there's been several false dawns with ken uh you know he scored that goal against southampton and you know he he was shouting at the crowd you know i'm back to the away crowd and (laughs) It's not really worked out um, for one reason or another. And then Omar Nias, you can't fault his work, right? He runs the channels brilliantly. Um, he always, you know, he always asks questions of a defence, but his, his finishing hasn't been there really. And you know, he's, he's not scored since he arrived in January. And uh, yeah, I hate to come back to the Salah thing, but that was the yep. whole reason Cardiff went for went for Salah is because you know they thought yeah. they, they knew that goals were going to be a problem and. Right. Without a man of money, with 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 Salah, you know, with the amount of clubs that were after Salah, that was uh, that it, it was a move that kind of made sense for everyone. But um, yeah, I, I don't want to go into the tragic tragedy of that too much. But um, goals sure. have been a, a, a huge concern, and uh, yeah, it's it, 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 that if if Cardiff are going to uh, if Cardiff are going to to, to, to stay up, they, they need to remedy that, and they need to remedy it quickly, and. Uh, it's it's just a bit of a it's a bit of a shame from a Cardiff point of view that Fulham seem to have tightened up their defence, but uh, <laughs> you know that's that's just, yeah. it's just how it goes. On. But uh, yeah, I I think when you're talking about weaknesses, that, it's that, pretty that is the, the one glaring one really. Yeah, yeah, the strengths and weaknesses. It's pretty easy to to talk about when you look at Cardiff City. It's very similar to last season. So when I look at them, you know, and again, it seems like a similar team. Tom, but again, different level, but they are, as last season, playing for Neil Warnock and playing together as a team. And in in some ways, I, I, I do really uh, value what that is all about because I, I value playing together as a team. Now, listen, mm. you and I talked about this off air because I want to talk about injury concerns. I'm glad that you brought up Saul Bamba, but what's interesting, you feel that in a way that's actually turned out to be a little bit of an advantage with I guess you could say rotation-wise, it actually has solidified the defense in a, in a different way, mm. like you just described. But how about the loss of Joe Riles? You and I talked about that, and we've been talking about midfield battle being very important in this match. So how about his loss? Because he's been lost for the season. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it, it, it is a blow because I think in the last couple of weeks, Riles has, um, has come into a bit of form recently. I, I, I think... The, the, the thing is with Rouse, if, if Art is fit, I don't think Rouse gets in the team personally. Okay, but um, it's 
it, 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 it is a bit of a shame for him because I think, you know, he he was starting to show signs that perhaps he was getting used to the, the pace and the demands of Premier League football. And, um, you know, we, we talked about it off air, you know, about how much of an impact he had in the championship. Yep. Um, but the fact Absolutely. of the matter is, when, it, when you're that sort of player in the centre of the park and you're looking to pull strings and ping balls and mop up in front of the back four, it's a lot easier to do that in the championship. I mean, I know the championship is a hard, fast league, but the Premier League is another step up altogether. And, you know, you don't get as much time on the ball. You don't, uh, don't get as much space and and, and Rouse I think is he, he, he's taken some time to adjust to that but um, I think there is a Premier League player in there somewhere and I think okay. you know it, it it is it is difficult for him because I think ideally he would have quite liked to have uh, enjoyed more of a run in the team and like I said you know he was sh- starting to show signs that he was coming into a bit of form I mean that win against Brighton for me he was one of the best players on the pitch and um, you know, it, it was it, it, he looked like the Joe Rowles of of last season. You know, kind of pinging balls here, there, and everywhere, and uh, you know, providing that sort of being that sort of binding agent between between defence and attack. And you know, it's such a vital role in the modern game, I think. And uh, okay. yeah, it was it, it. So it is a blow. It is a blow. But um, like I said, if Harry Arter comes back. Um, it, it, it sounds like he's touch and go for this game, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I, like I said, if Harry Arthur comes back, I think yep. it will be a concern. That's I think that will soften the blow a, a little bit because um, Arthur very much a similar type of player, but I think he I think he is technically a better player than, than Joe Rouse, and um, you know he's a player that's obviously played his trade in the Premier League longer, so you know he's he's used to all this and he's used to the demands of it. So yeah, I mean it'll, it'll be very very interesting to to, to see how Warnock sets up at, at, at Craven Cottage. I would expect Gunnison to play, okay, um, just in front of uh, a back four, and then it's just a question then of who who sits hits, sits there with him, whether it be Arta or Joe Rules or indeed Leandro Bakuna, um, who could possibly be seen as an option. Um, Warnock uh, Warnock's been full of praise for Bakuna recently. Uh, I, I, he even compared him to Paul Pogba the other night. Although really? <laughs> nowadays, nowadays I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. but, but still, you know, he, he's, yep. he could well be given the nod if, if, if okay. Arthur is, um, if Arthur's out. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one, but it's going to be fascinating that, yeah. and, um, you know, how Warnock sets that up, I think, will be um, a huge factor in, in, in who wins that midfield battle, that, which, as we say, is going to be a big factor in, in, in deciding who wins this one. Absolutely, and that's why it was fascinating, because you actually just answered the question I was going to ask you. What happens if Harry Arta doesn't play? You said you, th- <laughs> you think it's going to be Bakuna, right? Yeah, Leandro Bakuna. Yeah. Leandro so... Bakuna Pogba. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. All right, well, listen, thank you for getting us up to speed on Cardiff City. Up next, I'll be talking to Tom about Fulham. Okay, Tom, let's now get into your views on Fulham. And uh, let's start here. What are your thoughts about just the season? We've talked about this a little bit, about how different Cardiff City and Fulham are style-wise. So Mm. I just want to get your overall view. Are you surprised that Fulham are where they are and also – Let's take it to the next step. Your thoughts on Scott Parker being the uh, caretaker manager right now? Um, well, first of all, I mean, in terms of why Fulham are where they are, I'm not massively surprised because there's just been too much going on off the pitch. Um, to, I think you know the board made made the decision to get rid of Slav. 
and you know, I, I, I sort of understand that. Um, I personally would have perhaps given him a bit longer. But, I'm there with um, you. But uh, it, 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 was, it was clear that perhaps something wasn't wasn't quite happening for for him there. Um, you know, it, it, some of the new signings perhaps were taking a little bit too too long to gel. And then the appointment of Claudio Ranieri. I mean, I, I I thought that was a bit of a, a bit of a baffling one to me. Yep. Um, it's not. I mean, okay, he's won the Premier League with Leicester City, and that was a fantastic achievement. But I think you know when he came in, that was always going to be a huge, huge ask. I mean, he came in taking over. I think I think at the time Fulham had the worst defence in the league, and you yes. know it, it was already you know it was already looking very, very bad for them. But by the time Ranieri took over, and I sort of thought with that, you know, if. If you as a board, when you're hiring, you've got to have relegation in mind. You've got to with your next appointment. And I don't think they did with Ranieri. I thought, you know, I thought they kind of were hedging their bets on Ranieri getting them out of it, which is always a very, very dangerous game to play in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps if they were going to go for the change of manager, which I have to say, you know, I personally would have given you kind of it's a bit longer. But if they were going to go with that, I would have perhaps gone with someone who. Would have that potential to to, to mount up a, a challenge in a challenge for promotion from the championship next season. But you know, I think the, the issue with Fulham was, I mean, it was always going to be difficult because it, I know you don't like talking about the the amount of money they've spent in the summer, <laughs> but whether you like it or not, that does set a tone. It sets yeah. a tone for the season, and it sets expectancy levels um, both within the club and and outside. And I think. Yeah, I mean, Neil Warnock today was saying, you know, the, the expectations must have been in line or at least similar to, to, to how Wolves were when they came up. And, you know, obviously they've spent a lot of money as well and uh, it's kind of worked out for them. Um, um, so, you know, I think perhaps maybe that the, the, the um, they were slightly hamstrung a little bit by those the, those level of levels of expectations yeah. that, that, that come out of come out of spending. But um, I think the bottom line is really, though, I mean... The star players for Fulham just haven't performed, and I mean, I, I remember people raving about Alexander Mitrovic earlier yep. on in the season, and you know his goal against Bournemouth is what his third in 2019. He's, he's just not turned up really, and um, it, it's I mean, don't get me wrong, I think on his day he's a fantastic player, yep. but you know the likes of him, Sessegnon hasn't quite done it in the Premier League for me either. Um, Sherla's a huge disappointment. Yes. I, I, I really, I, you know, because when, cause when Sherla was signed, I thought, flipping it, Fulham are really, uh, they're really onto something there. Because, yeah. You know, he's a, technically a very, very gifted footballer. But I don't know, this, it, it's just, it, it's almost like he, they can't quite fit he's him in. He's a luxury that. player. He, he, it's he's the best way to play. lost at times. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, and that's, and, and then obviously, you know, I mentioned, the likes of Alfie Mawson and people like that earlier on uh, who've been guilty. Tom, let me talk a little bit about Alfie Mawson to you because I know you obviously know a, a decent amount about him. And uh, I think you're, you're going to find this interesting. My co-host Go brought ahead. this up on, on a prior show because um, the injury to Alfie Mawson, injuries I should say, have really been a, a huge factor in full season. I know you don't want to blame it on one person. I'm not blaming it all on, on Alfie Mawson being injured. But when mm. he finally got fit and started playing well under Ranieri, Fulham's defense tightened up. It went the other way when he went out mm. injured again. And I'm not saying that 
Fulham wouldn't be relegated if Alfie Mawson was healthy. I think that's ridiculous to say. But I think they really missed him. At the beginning of the season, he came in injured. And then when he finally got fit, you could see the player that they thought he was going to be. And then he got injured. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that's been a major unfortunate part of Fulham's season has been the defense. And they, I think they were going to have a leader back there. I think it was going to be Mawson. Unfortunately, he got injured. Mm. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I think Mawson's injury probably hasn't helped. But um, you know, I, I remember um, looking at it, um, looking at some of his performances when he was fit, and, and you know, he did seem to take a little while to settle in. I mean, I don't know yep. if that's a fair assessment, but um, I mean, they, they, I, I take your point completely about the injuries. I mean, when you're when you're in a team that's kind of struggling for a bit of form, and you're a player that's being looked to to, to, to kind of dig your dig yourself out of it then yeah you know injuries are going to be a, a huge concern but um you know I, I i feel a bit for alfie morson because he was he he's been relegated before with swansea city and That's he was right. actually probably he, he was probably one of the brightest stars of that team uh, he was probably one of the few positives of that and i wasn't wasn't surprised at all to see him get a move back to the premier league this time around i, I i'm i i'm I'm not sure where he goes. I really don't. I, I, no. I, I, I'm not sure there'll be that many Premier League teams queuing up to get him now. But uh, and that's a huge shame for him because I think, as you say, you know, when he's on, when he's fit and and on form, he is. Yeah, you can see the he, potential that he has. Yeah. Oh well, definitely. And I think perhaps you know, had he, with all due respect, moved to a slightly bigger club than Fulham, right. stayed injury free, I, I think we'd probably be talking about him as a potential England international. Um, but it's 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 just not quite worked out for him. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much of a role he'll have in the championship if he does stay at Craven Cottage, which yep. I, I would suspect he will. Yep. Um, but I, I I would say you know if you're if you're building rebuilding a side to to tr- try and get promotion, I think he's I think he, he'll be an important member of that. But, totally agree. But he does have to he does have to stay fit and. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's important for him to get that run of games, get a bit of form, get some time under his belt. Um, I mean, there's a lot of players I think actually in there who you would say are, are, are good, good, good prospects for for mounting promotion. I mean, Mitrovic. Oh, absolutely. Mitrovic is one. I mean, you know, have, a cynic may argue that the championship might be his level, but he's he's had, he has a devastating impact. In the championship, I mean, he was brilliant for Fulham last season. He was brilliant for Newcastle when. Um, when he was playing for them in the championship. Yes. So, although even although he didn't perhaps get as much game time as he probably would have liked down the rapid than he says, I think that's probably one of the reasons he left. But um, you know, there's a lot of players. A, there are a lot of players there who who could do a job for them in the championship. But yep. um, that's going to. But obviously, you know, it, it's all very well talking about the players, but it, it's it's all about who's going to be managing for them next year. And um, well, I would say that the, the board needs to make. A decision pretty soon on that because I think you know it's coming to the point now where Scott is going to have to say, well, you know, have I got the job or not? Because if you are going to build a, right. a, a promotion challenge, this, this is the time to start. This is the time to get the wheels. Oh, in motion. I totally agree. Get the wheels in motion on, on, on transfer targets, on you know clearing out, and there will be some players that they'll inevitably get rid of. Um, you know, this is the time to, to really put those plans in motion. But it's difficult when you still have that uncertainty over who's actually going to be the manager. And, you know, I, 
I would hope that in from a Fulham point of view, that in the next couple of weeks, that that we'll, we might get a bit more clarity on that, whether it's Scott or someone else. I yeah. I, I would personally say Scott. I I, I think he's done enough, okay. really, to, to to merit um, being given the job, um, or at least you know given a crack at it. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I say that is is I mean, who, who else do you bring in? <laughs> well, not the names well, I've no, been no, hearing, no. Tom. To be honest with you. The names I've been hearing, I don't want to see manage form, and that's Lennon and that's uh, Clark. I don't want to see either one of them be the full manager, honestly. And if those are my choices, then it's going to be Scott Parker. I still have my reservations on him just because of his lack of experience. He's learning on the job. But mm. my point on Scott Parker, and I think you're going to agree with me on this, is that, listen, he's won his last two matches, and if he wins – say another one or possibly two it's going to be hard not to give him the job oh most definitely most definitely but i think you know as we've mentioned you go i i've i mean okay i've admittedly not not kept in touch too much with with their managerial search at the moment but there's no names available to me that 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 i would say really stick out as better options i mean um you know you mentioned lennon you know, Neil Lennon's not really—he's not really done it in the championship. I mean, okay, no. he's won countless, countless trophies in Scotland, but I mean, the championship's a different kettle of fish. You know, yep. it's, it's it's a significant step up. With all due respect to Scotland, it's a significant step up. So, you know, I and he's—he's he's not really set the world alight in the championship. Lee Clark has been very hit and miss. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think if if Scott can put in. Um, put in some good performances between now and the end of the season. And um, I think the key thing as well is that he's going to have to sell a vision for the club to, to, to the owners, um, because I think the owners clearly have very lofty ambitions uh, uh, for, for where they think Fulham should be. Um, I think actually perhaps their ambition has in some ways been their weakness really, because um, I think, I mean, as we, as we mentioned earlier, you know, I think they're banking on likes of Claudio Ranieri and that, and, and the amount of money spent to to, to keep the Premier League. And um, I think I, I I do wonder if kind of a little bit surprised that Fulham are in the position that that they're in. Um, right. I think I think you I mean you, owners are always going to be disappointed when their teams get relegated, but to um, to put as much resources in as Khan has and still have this, I mean. You, you do wonder what he'll be thinking, and um, but Scott, Scott is he's got the potential to steady the ship, which I think is important because and I think you know when a club like Fulham's in a in a position like this, they need someone. You need that calming influence to sort of steady the ship and you know just get things moving in the right direction again, and right. obviously winning football matches again. Absolutely, and it's a very interesting time for Fulham. My fear with hiring someone like Scott Parker is we would have a similar situation we have with Kit Simons, you know, and again, nothing against Kit, but it was just a step too big for him. He just couldn't adjust to um, the uh, managers that he was going up against. They'd make adjustments and he would wait on too late. And Scott, yeah, again, he's starting to show signs that he's willing to make adjustments in the second half. Mm -hmm. And he did that against, Bournemouth, which is actually a positive sign, whereas in a, a few other matches that they've lost, he he uh, waited too long, and that's what reminded me of Kit Simon. So 
Mm-hmm. I have to be more patient with him if he keeps winning. I think he's going to mm-hmm. win me over. I'm not quite there yet, Tom, but um, I can see your point. I can see points of uh, many supporters that think that uh, he deserves a shot. I'm just not quite there yet, and maybe these next few matches will convince me of um, yeah. Scott Parker in the championship because, I, I listen, he's already there. It would be a nice transition, but I just need to see a little bit more. All right, my yeah. friend. Let me ask you about players that concern you from a Cardiff City perspective on Fulham. You mentioned Mitro. I I usually ask people, do, do we start with Mitro? But is there someone else that concerns you? Um, well, I think if 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 he can reach the heights that we know he's capable of, Tom Kearney could could cause all manner of problems for Cardiff. Yep. Um, I think in in I think you know we mentioned this off air actually is that you know he's he's the sort of player who like Joe Rowles has perhaps um, struggled to adapt to the demands of the Premier League and um, you know it's it, 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 it's he's he's still quite inexperienced at this level and I think you know that's what we need to remember right but um, you know he's, he's he's definitely a very very gifted player um, perhaps a player that needs to add a bit more steel to his game. That's a player that um, you know needs to kind of develop his his the, the footballing side of how he thinks a, a little bit more. Um, you know, making those quick decisions in midfield and and doing it sort of instinctively rather than sort of taking that first touch and having a look to pick out a pass and whatever. Um, sounds very very simple stuff, but I think sure. you know the little things like that make all the difference in the Premier League. So, you know, he's he's got to be considered a threat, and I'm sure Warnock's identified him as a threat. And um, likewise with with Sessegnon. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know how Fulham fans have assessed this season, but um, you know, from from the outside looking in, I I would perhaps argue that Sessegnon's season has been a bit of a disappointment. I, I, I mean, I, I I don't know how, how, how you see that. But, yeah, uh, I, I think it's fair, especially from the outside, to look at it that way. I would say that it's been a disappointment because I think the kids lost a little bit of confidence, and I mm-hmm. think that the jump up has um, been a, a major adjustment for him. And um, sure. goals that he would score in the championship are much – difficult for him now being in the Premier League, taking that step up. And I think it's really, for me, it's just a matter of time before you're going to see the type of player that he's going to be. I think Mm. right now it's been a year of an adjustment, and it really is, uh, I think, a confidence issue right now with him. And I think having Scott Parker back really rallying around him, I think, has helped him. And I think his game has stepped up since Mm. Parker has taken – over from Ranieri. I think Ranieri was a step back for Sassignon, mm. but he, he struggled even before that, but I, I still think he's going to be a top player, Tom. Honestly, I just think this has been a major adjustment to the Premier League for such a young player, but I still see him being again, a tremendous player in the future. But I do want to mention mm. one player that you haven't mentioned that I want you to keep your eye on from a phone perspective for this match. Ryan Babel. Playing for a contract, I think he's a player you should be concerned with because he right. still has that ability to score goals, to set up his teammates, and he has something to play for. So from a Cardiff City perspective, I'd be looking at Ryan Babel. I see. I, I have to be honest with you. Ryan Babel's not a player I think that would come into the heads of many Cardiff City fans when they think of players to worry about. I think okay. um, – just mentioned. I, I, 
<laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, it, 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 I mean, the, the lads clearly had something about them. I mean, he, he's played here, there and everywhere. But, um, you know, I mean, for, for some reason, I think people still see, you know, when when, when they think of Fulham, they still think of, you know, Mitrovic, Kerry, yeah. Designon, you know, all, 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 you know, that three, really. Yep. Is, is other three they think of. I'm and, just telling um, you, don't you know, sleep on Babel. I'm just saying, don't sleep on him. That's all I'm going to tell you. Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sure Neil Warnock won't. Uh, I'm sure Neil Warnock won't. I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Babel because I think uh, there were a few eyebrows raised. I mean, when 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 he went to Fulham, because I right. think you know, when, when he went out to Turkey, I think uh, you know when a player makes a move like that, there's a big perception that you know the career in in England's over. Like they've gone out to Turkey and they it's. I mean, Turkey's a, a tough league. Don't get me wrong, yep. and it's, there's some good sides out there. But I think there's a perception here that a move to Turkey is more or less the first step towards retirement. Yep. And so I think a lot of people were quite surprised to see Ryan Babel back in the Premier League. And you know, I think some people even thought it was a bit of a panic buy by Fulham. But so it's interesting to, to, to hear you say that he's been one of the better players at the moment. He has. But, um, I'd be interested to see if he sticks around, though, in the championship. Well, that's because... again that that's been a conversation piece because we think that he, you know again this is just reading between the lines that he probably wants to be with a, a Premier League team for his national team for for his status for his national team. So that's the way that I think it's going to go. I would love to see him in the championship, and I think Fulham are going to try to see if they can sign him to stay with the club, but I think it's going to be hard if a Premier League team comes in for him. I don't know if one will. So, it, But I'm just telling you, right now, he does have something to play for. And uh, mm. he, I'm just telling you, he's actually been, been impressive at times. At other, other times, no. But if he has his A game against Cardiff City, he's going to be a player that you're going to have to be concerned with from a Cardiff City perspective. All right, Tom, listen, I, I've kept you for a long time, so let's do the end of the show a little bit rapid fire. Let's start here. Let's do which team has the advantage in, in each of these matchups. We'll we'll go through this quickly. I'm going to give okay. you Fulham's attack versus Cardiff City's defense. Who do you give the advantage to? At Cardiff's defense. Totally agree. Totally agree. I would have to give that to Cardiff City's defense. It's actually been excellent this year. Now let's flip this. This is a fascinating one, okay? Cardiff City's attack versus Fulham's defense. Is this a push? Um, um, I think if you'd asked me earlier on in the season, I would have probably said um, Cardiff's attack had got the upper hand. Because, I mean, that Fulham were at sixes and sevens at, at the back yeah. for some time. But I think now you'd have to say Fulham, Fulham's defense. You know, two clean sheets on the bounce is always going to be uh, is always going to give you... Um, a bit of confidence, and um, as I said, scoring goals has been a problem for Cardiff. So uh, I'm yeah. going to have to going to have to go for Fulham defence. I've gone for both defences, which is probably going to be a dull game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, very good. All right, you and I have already talked about this. This is where we think the match is going to be going to take place. It's going to be in central midfield. So who do you give the advantage to here? I think I think if Harry Arthur's fit, I think it's going to be Cardiff because I think. Okay. Um, I just think they've just got a bit more steel, a bit more, um, a bit more physicality in the middle. You know that's and you know we talked about the inexperience and that that a lot of well that that's going through that that sort of full of midfield. And uh, yep. although I mean we mentioned Ryan Babel, I mean 
Am I right in saying he's been playing in midfield recently? Well, when they're playing, a, I guess you could say a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I just think that, um, you know, Fulham, they on the outside looking in, they, they just look a bit more lightweight than that Cardiff midfield. Okay. But obviously there's a lot of quality in there. Um, so I think it, I, I would go Cardiff, personally. But um, okay. I think in terms of technical ability, Fulham have got enough there to certainly hurt Cardiff. Okay. All right. Here's an interesting one. Who has the coaching advantage? You have a coach that has an incredible amount of experience, and then you have Scott Parker, who's an interim manager. And uh, listen, we know which one's going to be louder. Who's going to have the advantage, though? <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, I mean, Warnock's been in the game what, sure. since the, he's been managing you know, since before I was born. So, I mean, he's, he's, he'll know what's required to win a game like this. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, really, because, I mean, there's, I think there's a perception that Fulham will have the shackles off of this game. But actually, I think, in many ways, Cardiff do too, because I think okay. a lot of people have are already, well, are once again, writing Cardiff off, as they have done throughout the season. Because, right. I mean, let's be honest, Brighton are still probably the favourites to stay up, and Cardiff probably are the favourites to go down and join Fulham. Um, so, you know, I think in many ways, in that respect, Warnock will probably approach that, the game in a, in a similar type of way. But um, I, I, I think this will be a good test for Scott Parker. I really do, because I think, you know, testing yourself against a manager like Warnock yeah. would be a very, very good way of measuring uh, just how just how successful he could potentially be in the championship because the championship does have I mean the higher end is a bit different because of you know there's a few more um, a few more foreign managers coming in with you know different philosophies and things but you know the further you go down the championship I think that there's there's philosophies that are more in line with that of Neil Warnock and right. so I think in in a kind of strange kind of way this is a nice little audition for Scott um, but. Warnock's experience, I think, I think is probably got means he's he's got the edge. I think Parker for me is a bit too much of an unknown quantity at the moment. Okay, very good. All right. Although I still think I still think he should get the job though. Okay. <laughs> you made your argument, Tom. Very good. All right. Yeah. Now to finish up, let's let's start here. What does Cardiff City need to do to win this match? It's very important. So how do they win it? Um. Well, I think first things first, they can't concede early. I think they've got to close the game out for the first 20, 25 minutes. Uh, and I know that sounds a little bit of a strange thing to say against a, a team who already relegated, but um, you know they'll be feeling a fair bit of pressure. Uh, and I know, I know, I said earlier that oh, you know, they'll they'll be hoping that the shackles are off and Neil Warnock right. will be approaching it like that. But when that whistle blows. So the players will still be feeling some pressure, definitely, because they know that um, losing this game, it is all over. That Well, it, it will be all over if Brighton beat Newcastle, but um, it, it will be one foot in the championship if, if they get if, if, if they do go down at, at Craven Cottage. So I think, it, but if Cardiff can keep it tight, first 25, 30 yep. minutes, maybe I could see them being set up to hit Fulham on the counter, like to Junior Hoyler, maybe use like using the pace of uh, Nathaniel Mendes Lang. I'd be fascinated to see who starts up front. 
Um, I would personally go for Zahor because I think he'll he'll, he's got that ability to um, sort of bully defenders a bit more than than Nias. Nias is very very good at running the channels, Um, but there is a bit of pace in that Fulham side. So I think perhaps Zahor, that unsettling influence in the final third, just to hold up the ball and maybe you know uh, sort of lay it off for the likes of Camarasa. Um, I think maybe they'll have a bit more joy on that. Okay. But um, I don't see this being a particularly high-scoring game. Uh, uh, um, and I think I can see, in a weird way, I could, I could see both sides scoring. I really could. Okay. Um, but uh, I just think that, as I said, the, 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 the coaching experience that Warnock's got at his disposal, he'll know how to win a game like this. He thrives on games like this. And yep. You know, I, I just think that um, that Cardiff will just have enough to see them over the line. But um, the, the the way they start the game though is going to be going to be crucial because I think if Cardiff go in front, I think they've got every chance of winning it because you know I think they've they've got all the tools there right. to to close the game out. Um, so I saw that I saw it in the championship time and time again. So I, I'm I'm familiar with how Cardiff City can win matches. Uh, you know, so I I've seen it in front of me. So uh, I, I definitely understand where you're going on that. Let's flip it. How to form win this match? Um, well, I, I, I guess the, the way Fulham can win this match is to go on the front foot as, as quickly as they can um, and be mindful of, of Cardiff on the counter-attack. I think um, if if the service is right to Mitrovic, um, you know, I think he can call, he, he'll be a a handful for for Manga and Morrison in the middle. Um, set pieces, I think, will could make Fulham could perhaps get some joy on that. Um, Cardiff have on several occasions this season suggested that perhaps it could be a weakness of theirs. Although in recent weeks they have um, they have tightened up in that department. Um, and as I said earlier, I think in a bizarre kind of way the the injury to Bamba has kind of helped. Uh, tighten up the defence by bringing okay. Manga back into the centre. But um, yeah, I think uh, it, it, although there is that pace of Mendes Lang and although there is that trickery of Hoyler on the wings, a, a big weakness for Cardiff is there's not a lot of pace there. And okay. so I think if Fulham can 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 get at them uh, either down the channels or you know ping a few bo- balls into the box for Mitrovic. Um, I think that could make life very, very difficult for them. But they, they, they'll have to have a good start, though. Okay. And um, I, I, as I said earlier, the, the, the two factors really on who are going to, who's going to win this game is going to come down to who wins the battle in midfield and, and yep. who starts better. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. Who scores first, I, I will throw that in. It could be a huge factor as well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's exactly right. Um, I, I think that will be a, a huge factor as well. Um, because, I mean, if cards go behind early, the pressure is it'll go through the roof yeah and you know heads can heads can go drop can drop at that point and um you know people can start getting a bit nervous um and also it shuts up the crowd uh, sure. and i know i know Fulham are at home but cardiff fans are going to be very very noisy i'm sure uh, <laughs> as they have been all season and um yep. i don't know what experiences of of cardiff fans but they travel pretty well and uh, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be, um, I'm sure there'll be a, a fair few making the journey to West London uh, this weekend. So yeah, yeah I, 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 all of all of those factors I think are going to be going to be important. 
But um, like I said, I just think um, just think if, if Cardiff can turn up and and execute Warnock's game plan in the way that uh, that he'll want, I think Cardiff will be okay. Okay, it's time for your predictions. Sounds like you are going to predict a Cardiff City victory. Understandable. Your prediction, then I'll share mine. Um, I will, like I said, I could see Fulham scoring, so I'm going to go for a very nervy two-one win for Cardiff. Okay, understandable. I'm going to go for the reverse. I think Fulham are going <laughs> to score too, so I'm going to go two to one to Fulham. I, I think Fulham are playing with confidence. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like the term the shackles are off, but yes, the shackles are <laughs> off. The players do have something to play for. I think they are playing for Scott Parker. There is mm-hmm. this feeling that, like you said, you have someone with all this experience, but you also have a manager that's letting his team play with freedom. So I just like Fulham's um, spot here. I think they have something to play for, and uh, I think Fulham are, gonna, are going to pull this off. So I'm going 2-1 to one to Fulham, but it could, again, um, I think someone's going to win this. I can't see a draw in this match. I think someone's going to yeah. win this, but but we shall see. Hey, listen, Tom, I've kept you longer than we talked about. I want to thank you so much for doing this with me. That's, uh, it's no problem, Russ. It's been a pleasure, pleasure speaking to you. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get in touch after the game so you see if you called it right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's such a difficult game to predict. So yeah. you know, I'll be fascinated to see what what, what happens. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to. I don't think it'll be a classic, but my word is going to be very interesting. There's a lot riding on this, which makes it fascinating. <laughs> and uh, you know, again, there's no there's no love loss between these two clubs. You know, again, going back to the championship with Warnock at Craven Cottage, I remember this. You know, noisy Neil Warnock be, making a nuisance of himself. I haven't forgotten that. So I'm just saying I can't be the only one that hasn't forgotten his antics. That's why I brought it up earlier in the show, his theatrics, yeah, as I yeah. said. So, so yeah. this, should be, this should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. But listen, thank you, Tom, for, for joining me uh, very much. And uh, please tell everyone how they, they can follow you on Twitter. <laughs> um, if you want them to Tom, follow you on Twitter. <laughs> it's uh, Tom E. Coleman. And, uh, yes, that's the Twitter handle. Okay, very good. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of College Talk. For my special guest, Tom Coleman, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to College Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.